Welcome to the Healthcare Policy Podcast. I'm the host, David Intracasso. During this podcast, we'll discuss the Institute of Medicine's recently released report, U.S. Health in International Perspective, Shorter Lives, Poorer Health. To discuss the report with me is the chair of the panel that authored the document, Dr. Stephen Wolf. Welcome, Stephen. Thank you, David. Before I introduce Dr. Wolf, this very brief overview of the report. Most generally, the report found that compared to 16 peer countries, the U.S. population experienced higher mortality and comparatively inferior health status. Americans live shorter lives and suffer pervasive health disadvantages. For example, the report found the U.S. experiences higher rates of infant mortality, more injuries, particularly automotive, and homicides, higher rates of teenage pregnancy and sexually transmitted diseases, higher rates of HIV and AIDS, higher drug and alcohol-related mortality and morbidity, higher rates of diabetes and obesity, more heart and chronic lung disease, and more disabilities, for example, arthritis. Now let me introduce Dr. Stephen Wolf. Dr. Wolf is the director of the Virginia Commonwealth University's Center for Health, excuse me, Center for Human Needs, His research interests include health services research, health promotion and disease prevention, social justice, and health disparities. Dr. Wolf was elected to the National Academy of Sciences in 2001. His previous experience includes serving as as a scientific advisor and member of the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force and as the North American editor of the British Medical Journal. He's the author of more than 100 articles and books, and he received his MD from Emory University and his master's in public health from Johns Hopkins. So with that, let's begin. First, Dr. Wolf, what was the impetus for this IOM report? And correct me if I'm wrong, does not this report build on previous Institute of Medicine work? It does. Actually, a prior report by the National Research Council, which was published in 2011, and received some press attention uh, at the time because it documented a health disadvantage in older adults, uh, people age 50 and older. That's been the age group that uh, had received the most attention until now because most of the data that were available were for older adults. And and that report found that uh, people over age 50 in the United States have shorter life expectancy than people of that age in other high-income countries. Um, The National Institutes of Health, which sponsored our panel, was interested in knowing whether something similar was going on before age 50, um, and if so, to try to understand some of the causes. Okay, okay. I provided in my report summary, uh, um, um, or I provided rather, excuse me, in my intro, a summary of the report, but let me just ask you, what findings do you find particularly compelling, or dare I say sobering? Actually, the the most uh, disturbing set of findings that we found was the pervasiveness of the problem. Our expectation going into this was that we would find evidence of some areas where the the health of Americans was worse than in other countries, but we thought it would be a mixed bag, uh, that there would be other areas uh, with uh, better health outcomes uh, in the United States. And we were very struck by uh, how many different conditions Uh, very diverse topics uh, uh, are affected, and the spread in the age groups that are affected. This is a problem that uh, begins at birth. Uh, Babies born in the United States have a shorter life expectancy than babies born in other countries. 
American children are less likely to survive till age five uh, than children in another country. You mentioned the problems in the teenage years. Uh, it goes on all the way up to age 75. Uh, that's one bright spot is if you survive till age 75, uh, your life expectancy is higher in the United States than in other countries. It's just getting there that's the problem. Okay, just for the record, just let me note these other 16 countries so listeners are aware. The U.S., should I, I should know, reading this table, is 17th in um, life expectancy for men and actually 16th for women. Denmark, for women, uh, is less by a fraction. But the countries in some are Switzerland, Australia, Japan, Sweden, Italy, Canada, Norway, Netherlands, Spain, the U.K., France, Austria, Germany, Denmark, Portugal, Finland, and the U.S. Let me ask you... Uh, then next about some of the details and maybe these questions should be posed by uh, your chapter title. So specific to two uh, chapters, you have a chapter on social factors and you say in the beginning of that chapter, do social factors matter? What, what are social factors? And I'm assuming they actually do matter. Yes, they do. Um, we in our country tend to think that health is determined by health care. Um, and health care is certainly important. I'm a physician, so of course I believe that, but, but only to a point. Um, we know that uh, health is very much shaped by uh, our individual behaviors, by our environment, um, and importantly by the social factors that you mentioned. And by that I'm referring to things like our education, our income level, um, our housing and physical environment, the neighborhoods in which we live. Um, these uh, social factors, uh, we believe, have a bigger impact on health outcomes than many of the things that doctors and hospitals do. Okay. One of the findings that I found very striking is that usually, you know, it is true that a disease prevalence correlates with socioeconomic status. Uh, um, however, in, in this report, you note or conclude that even higher income earners, and even these higher income earners who don't smoke and are an appropriate weight, for example, they do less well also. What mm. explains that? Well, that's, that's actually one of the more complicated challenges that our, our panel faced. It was important to us to look at this issue because whenever we say, uh, whenever we make comparisons between the United States and the other countries you listed, one reaction that's very common is to say, well, those are much smaller countries than the United States, um, and they are more homogeneous. We have a large racially and ethnically diverse population. We have a lot of poverty in this country. And could it be that this low health ranking that the U.S. has is simply because the bad health disparities that exist among the poor and, and vulnerable populations sort are... Sort of drag down the average. Dragging down the average. And... Uh, and so if I am uh, upper income, uh, white American with, uh, uh, you know, a college degree and, and health insurance and so forth, then I can assume this is not a problem that affects me, but maybe uh, more vulnerable members of, of our society. And so we specifically looked at the data by isolating our, our health outcomes for these well-off Americans. And that was very disturbing because although we found that, of course, their health is better than the poor uh, or the minorities. Their health is still worse than comparable people in the other high-income countries. So if you compare rich people with rich people, educated people with educated people, Americans do worse than their counterparts. So per your comment, this cannot be explained away uh, 
by a larger uninsured population or by social and economic disadvantage or by racial or ethnic diversity? No, you cannot. Uh, those folks have a bigger health disadvantage compared to So the poor Americans are uh, in much worse health than poor people in the other uh, high-income countries. But uh, we're all in this together. So y even those who seemingly have everything going for them in this country uh, are living shorter lives and are sicker than their counterparts in other countries. Uh, speaking to the uh, this issue further, this sort of apples to apples or apples to orange comparison, there was a, I'm sure you're well aware, there was an editorial in the Wall Street Journal a couple of weeks ago. The numbers are distorted um, uh, as it relates to infant mortality because the Wall Street uh, Journal article said because doctors in the U.S. try so hard to save premature babies. Now I will note the Incidental Economist wrote about this saying not true, um, but how do you respond to that? Well, a number of these uh, conditions where we documented a health disadvantage are actually very complex to understand. Um, and so this is a rather simplistic explanation for the patterns that we found. We, we have worse birth outcomes in the United States relative to other countries, and this has been going on since the 1980s, and it's a problem that has worsened. But we don't entirely know why. That, that uh, commenter is, is throwing out one potential explanation, but there are many others. Um, one of our recommendations by our panel is to do further analysis to sort of unpack what's going on. How much of this is due to obstetrical practices? How much of this is due to the health behaviors of pregnant women? Uh, how much of it is due to support systems that exist for prenatal care and, and so forth? Um, poverty and other socioeconomic problems are known to adversely affect pregnancy outcomes. So we need to study this more so that we fully understand what, what's going on uh, that's responsible for this health disadvantage. And we have to do this for each of the conditions we looked at, car accidents, violent injury, heart disease, obesity, and so forth. They're, they're all rather complicated to try to understand why this pattern is going on. Before we get to the report recommendations, let me just ask you on a few other, uh, and you did mention this, uh, um, and that's this issue of the antecedents to good care. And healthcare in this country, of course, we know is highly fragmented. We have limited primary care, but this counts as well, per your suggestion. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't follow the question. That, that relative to other countries, the antecedents for good care in this country are lacking. Well, yes. Um, I mean, we, we, we in our panel looked pretty systematically at the potential explanations for the health disadvantage, and one of them that we had to think about is the healthcare system. Um, one of the uh, notorious differences between U.S. healthcare and, and the, that of other countries is the lack of universal health insurance coverage. Um, all of the countries you listed uh, offer universal healthcare insurance or access to healthcare. Um, but the, our, our differences also involve um, affordability of health care. American patients are more likely to complain that uh, uh, they have to forego or delay care because of its high cost. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a complaint that you hear less often from patients in other countries. Um, you mentioned the lack of a primary care workforce, uh, like uh, on the scale that they have in other countries. And there are real issues with the quality of coordination of chronic illness care. Um, so those are all important pieces. They don't explain why more people are dying from car crashes in the United States or mm -hmm. violent injuries or why we have more deaths uh, from 
in car accidents involving alcohol. Uh, so we can't blame everything on the healthcare system, but it's it's a piece of the puzzle. Okay, let me just uh, reference one other um, subsequent um, editorial, and that was in the Washington Post by Harold Meyerson, where he can. And I'm asking if you if this is is a correct interpretation. He said that when Americans hit 80, they have some of the longest life expectancies comparatively. Uh, up until then, of course, they don't. And his interpretation is. Because when you get to be older or north of 65, then you're like residents of other countries because now, of course, you do have universal health care because of Medicare. Did you say that is a reasonably accurate interpretation? I saw that piece. Uh, it's one of the theories. There's multiple theories about why older Americans do better than, than uh, Americans in other countries. There are theories, for example, about our aggressiveness of care for end-stage disease. Um, our uh, approach to critical care. Um, there are some questions that epidemiologists have about case selection, whether you have a select population that survives till that age that has a health advantage um, relative to other countries. So there are different theories, but one of them is uh, his argument, which is that uh, in those populations there is something that looks more like the universal health care uh, services that uh, are available in other countries. Okay. Let's go to the recommendations, and the recommendations are, are in two categories. They're in research and they're in policy. Let's focus on the latter, the policy recommendations. Could you summarize those? Yes, we made uh, three main recommendations uh, in, in the policy arena. The first uh, is a bit of a no-brainer, which is uh, that we need to get really serious about addressing uh, our public health challenges. The nine conditions that we listed as being the main drivers of the U.S. health disadvantage, things like infant mortality, violence, car accidents, obesity, diabetes, have all been the subject uh, for many years now of blue ribbon panels that have laid out very uh, extensive evidence-based recommendations about what can be done about this. So we're not in a situation where we don't know what to do. It's more a matter of marshalling the resolve and resources to do it. And uh, that's probably not going to happen without public support. Um, and that's where our second recommendation comes in, which is to alert the public to this problem. Our sense is that most Americans don't know about the U.S. health disadvantage. Um, they believe, in, as a, uh, in general, that we have a world-class health system. Um, and even if they recognize that it, our health system has some issues, uh, they probably don't realize that their kids are going to live shorter lives than kids in other countries, and this has been going on for decades. Um, our problems with teenage uh, life expectancy, for example, began in the 1950s. So this is a half a century now that we've been at a disadvantage uh, in, in, in health uh, among our young people. Um, so we think that more needs to be done to educate the public about this problem, and in particular to stimulate a national discussion about what we're prepared to do about it, because uh, when you talk about some of these issues, uh, I, I, I just need to mention uh, firearm-related deaths as an example. Uh, it's pretty obvious that we're not going to be able to sort this out without uh, making some t tough choices about whether we uh, accept the health disadvantage or whether we're comfortable making some changes in our lifestyle to address them. Uh, so we have to talk about that. Uh, and then the third recommendation is to study what these other countries have done to get their better health results. Uh, learn what methods they have used, what policies, what strategies they've used to achieve 
higher life expectancy, better health outcomes, and see whether any of those can be adapted and, and used in some form in the United States. Well, let me press you on that last point. So having awareness of what other countries do, could name two, three that you think would be um, could be used or applied in the U.S. and would prove to be uh, effective? Well, uh, a couple of examples come to mind. Some of them are topic-specific. So if you talk about uh, uh, our high death rates from car accidents, uh, other countries have instituted highway engineering and safety innovations that have produced their, their success in this area. Um, we might want to study some of those methods and, and see whether they're applicable. Uh, but many of the solutions ultimately bring us back to core political ideological debates about how much we are willing to spend uh, and invest in safety and health. Uh, choices that other countries may have different feelings about. Um, one key example I'll mention is the social safety net. Um, it seems likely that uh, a large part of the health disadvantage that we're seeing in this country uh, has something to do with the fact that people who are facing challenges in all social classes um, have a more difficult time protecting their children and their families from the health consequences than people do in other countries because those other countries have programs in place to, that buffer the families from adverse health impacts. They're still poor, they're still having trouble with job, getting a job, but uh, they don't have to worry that their health is being compromised as a result. Um, we spend relatively little compared to those other countries on those types of programs. Um, and uh, that's, that's something that we need to be thinking about in the current political climate where we are facing uh, drastic cuts in public health and social programs because of uh, fiscal concerns. So you would say that the fact that 15% of children today are living in poverty is not a good sign? I wish it was 15%. Uh, it's more than 20% uh, of, our, of our kids are living in poverty. Uh, we have the highest child poverty rate uh, among uh, industrialized countries, and we have since the early 1980s. Um, so no, it's not a good sign, and uh, it's, it's, if people don't care uh, on the humanitarian side of the argument uh, in terms of our economy... These are, are the next generation of workers, uh, soldiers, uh, world leaders, um, and if they are sicker and dying earlier, it's not going to be good for our economy or our national security. Uh, let me just ask this question because I did find this curious. In the report, it stated that the nation's um, large population of recent immigrants is generally in better health than native-born Americans. Yeah, this is... Is that testimony to the fact that health care is better in other countries? Not exactly. This is actually a well-known problem called the immigrant paradox. Uh, it's reported around the world, actually, by many industrialized countries. Immigrants coming into industrialized countries from developing countries often ha arrive in better health. Uh, is that a self-selection consequence? It may or? be. This is another one of these where there's multiple theories. Uh, self-selection is one of them. Uh, it might also be a lifestyle. Uh, so, for example, Hispanic or Latino immigrants to the United States often arrive in better health, uh, theory being uh, in part that uh, maybe they're, they're the ones who are healthy enough to travel and, and immigrate, but also uh, their lifestyle, where they're coming from, doesn't lend itself to physical inactivity and obesity. Um, it seems the data show that after about 10 years in the United States, uh, they lose that health advantage. 
Um, and uh, that suggests that there may be something about our lifestyle that they adopt uh, that's not good for their health. Mm-hmm. Well, let me just ask in conclusion or in concluding, how has this, this report been received? What, what, what's your sense of the reception to the report? It's attracted a lot of interest, and, and we're gratified by that. I mentioned that one of our three recommendations was to alert the public, so we're happy to to see that uh, it's received considerable press coverage, both in the U.S. and in other countries. Um, we don't want it to just be a report on a shelf. Uh, we, we, uh, we, want our, we want people to uh, consider what, what we found and uh, do something about it, uh, or at least make a conscious dis- decision not to do something about it. Uh, but our concern, certainly my concern as a, as a public health physician, is that uh, uh, children and, and, uh, and adults uh, throughout our country are uh, losing their life. Uh, they're, they're dying earlier. Uh, they're living sicker. Uh, and we know that's the case because other countries have shown that uh, it's possible to live longer and to live in better health. Okay. Uh, then uh, last question uh, is it too early to tell, or will IOM have a follow-up report, or is that that's yet to be determined? That's yet to be determined, and that's uh, not not my uh, wheelhouse, as they say. Uh, those the, our our panel was funded by the National Institutes of Health, and these future projects have to be uh, supported by a sponsor that that uh, approaches the organization for for doing additional work. Okay, with that, uh, Dr. Wolf, I'm uh, very appreciative for your time. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure.